Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike, and I'm joined as always by the master of receipts. It's NYJ Matt. Matt. Mike, Mike, how are we feeling? Dude, I'm feeling really good. <clears throat> so we have I'm a quick update. Up. We have a quick update. So we're still going to do the podcast every week. The plan is to release it on a Thursday. So it'll take a few days to digest what happens on Sunday, give our takes on Thursday, and look ahead to the next game. So right now we have about 250 people actively listen. And if you're listening right now, we love you. Thank you for doing it. We made a YouTube. So the YouTube is going to have, yeah, the YouTube is going to have tearless, sporkle, a lot of fun stuff that we're doing there. Every old meme and video that we ever created will be on the YouTube each day. Um, So if you do subscribe to that YouTube and Mike, did I miss anything? Uh, We're going to make a TikTok. We got an Instagram, but we're going to focus on the YouTube uh oh we have a should we release the other surprise that we created let's wait let's wait till it's actually done yeah so we have something else up our proverbial sleeves that we are going to eventually release but it's in the works we've kind of teased it at the end of the last couple episodes but soon enough we'll have it ready to go dude i'm feeling like i'm in like an insane mood I, i'm I pissed think- because it just lost on sunday on my birthday which is fucked. Well, the Sunday game is, I always talk about not having a normal loss. I think that is a normal loss, right? Even though they started so bad, and I know we keep talking about it, but in the first quarter, this team is horrific. They are so bad. Zach Wilson has like 24 passing yards, like five for eight, five for 24. I, I can't even believe how bad they are. I think the average amount of yards in the first quarter is 400 throughout the first, like the first five weeks. The Jets have like 48. Like it's abysmal. And when you start that bad, you can't get any momentum and feel good about the game moving forward. Dude, every first quarter is like the first half of the 2010 AFC Championship game where the Steelers were up 24 to nothing and Rashard Mendenhall turned into fucking Walter Payton. Yeah. Every game. And... The travel to London, I was getting hyped all week. Robert Salah was like, we've done this five times in Jacksonville. I have a plan. We're going to get everyone a bet on the flight. Like Everything seemed good. And the most frustrating opening is when a team comes and has the ball for eight minutes and you just don't have your offense in the field. And they shouldn't have been. Obviously, the rough in the passer call was abysmal, but it only led to three points. That's not the problem. The problem is that drive should have ended with 1230 left in the first quarter, and we would have gotten the ball and had some momentum. The fact that they even scored and then took eight minutes off the clock, that is the biggest factor. Dude, three first quarter calls against the Jets this year that have really put a damper on first quarters. Number one, the fumble in the Patriots game from Kendrick Bourne that was literally just a fumble and was not called. Number two, there was a block in the back against Quinn Williams in the Titans game that the Jets ended up winning, obviously. Killed the whole drive. That stupid Jeremy McNichols was all over the place, and it was a blatant block in the back that was not called. And then this week, the roughing the patch, like you said, on Quincy Wilson, that was just textbook. Had to not injure the quarterback. You know, Tony Corrente is an asshole. 
he's a scumbag. I tweeted out the the last person I'd ever want to get a beer with. And then, of course, like <laughs> the call at the end of the game, of course, it's against the Jets on the onside kick. Oh, you think they're going to get called back for an offensive holding? Psych, Nathan Shepard held someone on the D-line, right? Like, it, it, And I think that's the second time. It's the uh, second one on Shepard. I think it might be the third one this year. I, I Usually, you can get one or two of those a year for your team. It's, a, it's unbelievable that happened again. Oh, what it's a actually gut impressive punch. that Nathan Shepard is able to accumulate all of these. He actually should have had a different defensive holding and then in the Titans game where he like, I don't know if you can get a defensive holding on the ball carrier, but he like took Tannehill and just like ripped him backwards. Like it shouldn't have some kind of penalty, but he's a psychopath. What happened to Kyle Phillips? Is he like hurt? I don't know. Probably, he, I feel like he's always on the pup list, like the PUP list. He just pops yeah. up on that every every week. Cool yeah. that Michael Carter. Um, he again makes everyone miss. He had a touchdown. Um, Ty yeah, Johnson. The, run, the running game has been kind of weird. It's been like, weird. They don't have an identity. Is is the main thing going around? But God, can you get Elijah Moore active? Can you get Denzel Mims active? Like get these guys on the field and, and making plays. I don't hate Keelan Cole. You know, Corey Davis hasn't been bringing down those 50-50 balls, but I this team has no firepower. They also run out of the eye formation. It feels like every play. I, I, they're always out of the eye formation. They're running play action when you're down by 15. Like, oh, what a killer. I think the real, I mean, obviously the issue is like we were saying is just the beginning of the game gets you so out of whack. And then you have, you're down 17 nothing. You have a rookie quarterback. And, you know, part of that's also on Zach. You know, the interception was bad. It was late. It was behind. Um, and I think Rich Samini pointed out that later in the game, he threw the same exact route to Keelan Cole, and it was like a dart for 23 yards. So, you know, he has the ability to do it. Everyone's making a big fuss about the screen passes. The one was – the one he just threw into the floor, like that's tough. You got to throw it not into the floor. You should throw it into the air. I think that's the overrated, one, though. I think that – It's that overrated. It's Because, you like, people miss guys. And the argument is – you can't keep missing short throws because those then leads to, to yards after the catch. There's blocking up front. But I agree. That one play, I, I'm not going to – and we're not – I don't know. I think it was overrated. It's not that bad. Because also, to be honest, I, you know, everyone's like, Zach's short accuracy is terrible. I don't think it's been, like, terrible. I think he has a, a problem. He's like, some of the interceptions he's thrown are pretty bad. The – you know, there's been a couple times there's been like a short route where he's throwing a ball a little behind the guy. It's a little bit difficult to, you know, catch and run uh, and, and turn the body upfield. But even like the other screen that people are like freaking out about, that's just Morgan Moses' gigantic person. Like it hit him in the face. Like what? Like he, it was just a weirdly formulated situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the good thing, and I think people have said this before, so I'm not recreating the wheel here. You can't teach the off-script plays and the big arm that yes. he has. You can teach getting a little more accurate in the short passes. I came up with a take last night. I'm pretty sure I was like mid-asleep, and I woke up, and I was like, I get it now. When Darnold's rookie year, he was hurt, and I put that in quotes because he could have probably played through it. They sat him down because he was struggling, and he didn't have a, a good stretch of games. They had that break, and he comes back after a bye week, and he's a rookie gets to ingest a lot of information and then comes back and was the number one PFF quarterback in the final quarter of that year. I think this bye week and the long week for Wilson can be as effective as that injury period was for Darnold back in 2018. I think he can take what he can 
you know, ingest all of the first five games. The coaching staff will do the same. And I think this team will be better prepared moving forward because of it. God damn it. I like that a lot. You like that I one? Like Let's that. go. You know what? You know what? To build on that. Let's look at the schedule coming up. It's not that daunting. We're in New England, which is always difficult. Uh, <laughs> but it's not Tom Brady's Patriots. Like, this is not an incredible Patriots team. They were carved apart by Davis Mills last week. He had three touchdowns. But that that is a that is a moment where I tweeted out. It's like, I, I hate that David Coley, who is like the bottom of the barrel head coaching candidate and a no-name rookie quarterback, puts on a big performance against the Patriots. And our guy, who is the number two quarterback and the, the top head coaching candidate at home in the home opener, we do nothing. And that, like that, that killed yeah. me more than the game itself. That hurts. But we got another chance in two weeks in the same situation, even more, you know, going into Foxborough. And you got the Bengals, who've been playing well this year. And, and I don't know if our listeners watched the Bengals Packers game this Sunday, it was hilarious. There was like five missed field goals in succession. Uh, and then you got the Colts, you got the Bills, which is tough, but then you got the Dolphins, Texans, Eagles. Like these are a lot of winnable games coming up for the Jets now. So if if they can build some momentum after the bye week, like you said, there could be a lot of fun times ahead. And look, we were asking for normal football games. We've got it the last two weeks. Let's keep it going. Yeah, and I, I think it I think the Jets obviously can win games. The season is far from over, but the likelihood at current day is that the Jets could very well finish with a top 10 pick and Seattle having Russell Wilson go down that I'm not saying is going to be a top five pick, but Holy hell, that could be a top 12, top 14 pick. So the fact that we can actually aren't talking about that enough. Right. And, and it's funny too, because I think the giants have two in the top 10 right now. The Eagles have like three, like three. It's crazy. What, what the, the Northeast teams are doing in this, this draft, but, Holy fuck. It's too early to look ahead to, to the draft of players, even though I've been tweeting out a few guys that I really like. Well, it's fun to look for the Seahawks perspective because we could dream. I mean, the Seahawks are in a very, very difficult spot. Their schedule for the next six weeks, which is the kind of the timetable for Russell Wilson, is in Pittsburgh, home against the Saints. The Jaguars will probably win that game. At Green Bay against the Cardinals and then at Washington. Very, very difficult. Uh, for Mr. Geno Smith, who, mm-hmm. again, we were just doing our tier list on, on YouTube and we were talking about how like we would root for Geno in a normal circumstance, but not this one. I think you made a good point about the next games that you provided. Not one of those is an NFC West game. So they oh, still... The one of them. One of them. One. And they're undefeated. Take another Cardinals game. It's, it's really tough and you can't ask for everything. But in San Fran, Seattle going in to win that game, that's tough. Like that could have been a like it could be one and four right now, right? But I'm okay with how everything's progressing. It's exactly yeah, even, when what, Russell, even when Russell Wilson comes back, like to your point, is exactly what you're trying to Rams once, they Cardinals play the once. Niners, mm-hmm. they play the Rams, they play the Cardinals again. So good luck to the to the Seahawks. You know, we're very we're very grateful for that trade. Again, AVT. <laughs> that we got AVT number one graded offensive lineman. And I love that because you ever see like PFF grades and I'm not a huge fan of PFF, but there'll be like a top three pass blocking. Then they're like 18th and run blocking. So they're 
number five overall, right? For the week, ABT yeah. was top three in both pass and run blocking. Like it's really insane. fucking cool. It's like having a girl with giant boobs and a big ass. Correct. It is. Dude, do you act do you think the Jets would really take another offensive lineman? Let's say the Seahawks pick is like the seventh pick. Would so they we, take another guy? This is a conversation we're gonna have probably almost weekly. My argument is that the Jets have used a first round pick on a left tackle, a first round pick on a left guard, two day two picks on running backs, the number two overall pick on a quarterback two second round picks on wide receivers and they signed a wide receiver. So when you look at the, the four premium picks in 2022, you used a lot on offense already. So maybe one of those is an offensive lineman, maybe one of those is a tight end, but I think the jets are going to go defensive heavy in this upcoming draft, depending yeah. on if, you know, how high they are, there's three lockdown corners in the top 12, right? So do they attack one of those? Well, it's like, super interesting because mm-hmm. who the, who who in the, the right minds would have thought that Bryce Hall and Michael Carter would look this good? No one. You could not. No, zero people. You could not have convinced anyone that these guys would really look like legitimate, legitimate starting corners. Um, and then, you know, because some of the other areas that are super needs, like for most teams, an edge rusher, Carl Lawson will be back. John Franklin Myers under contract, even though he's more of a hand in the dirt guy, but and Bryce Huff has been playing at an incredible clip in, in, in all metrics. And and you're you're speaking exactly where I'm going because the linebacker group on defense is an area that you can star, maybe get a little younger and a top prospect. The linebacker group is the biggest question mark in this upcoming draft. And everything I saw, like the number one linebacker, they have mock going like 28, right? So maybe you don't attack that position. Another killer is the quarterback classes, they've been playing horrible. There's not one guy that's bad if you want to trade down, which is horrible if you want to trade down. I think we're in the boat of you don't want to keep trading down, right? You want to take the best guy there and let's get this team, you know, better. But in the event, a team like the Bears, when they traded up to get Justin Fields, and you know they're not going to be good the the following year, um, because they do have a rookie quarterback. That's where the Giants might have, uh, again, a great chance to really rebuild that team. They've had multiple years of two first round picks. So I, I, I think. Tyler Lindenbaum, when you watch him play and you watch the stats and doesn't give up a sack, doesn't give up a pressure, no penalties, murders guys, pinned Tristan Wirfs in high school wrestling. Like, if you're telling me I can plug that guy at center and he can grow at left guard with AVT, left tackle with Mikai Becton, and then you get those veterans like a Moses or a Fanta plays right tackle. And you can get those veterans that play right guard. Anybody but Greg Van Rowan. Oh, sign a fucking stud already. Let's build a sick line and kill everybody. Dominate the line. And I th- and I think you can also use, and the Jets have later draft capital, as they always do. You can take a guy like Cam Clark. And Cam Clark didn't pan out. But maybe you get a guard like the Michael Nuwu guy from the Patriots. Yeah. He was like a number one guard last year in, in all accounts as a rookie. Like, you can get lucky on those picks and have them, you know, groom behind. You don't always have to have a Dan Feeney spot starter. So Even though, I, and they'll also look better if they're playing in that line. Yep, a hundred percent. So another popular pick that you will see is Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. Safety. He's, he's a safety. He's a maniac. Um, he yeah. played hurt against Wisconsin. And he was all over the field playing like crazy. So, because I was going to say, what are if you look at the Jets' positions of need right now? It's definitely they're definitely less than I would have thought at this point of the year. If you told me the Jets were one and four, I would say there'd probably be more needs. 
but really like tight end is just abysmal mm-hmm. and and is you know joe douglas should have done something in the offseason and the chris hernan trade is good by all accounts but i, I, I don't know how you didn't re-upgrade the tight end position after that i like where you're going with it too because your point is the jets hit on a lot of later round picks and now you don't maybe need to use an early round pick on those but you just use an early round pick on guys that maybe haven't popped. Call it Denzel yes. Mims. Call it Elijah Moore. So you don't want to always have to dip back into that position because you just use a premium pick on them. So you're in no man's land. So it's gonna be a you go best player available, right? Maybe which and is an interesting where, spot for the Jets. Like who would have thought we kind of be would would be in that situation? That's why I'm way on board with taking an offensive lineman. I would. I don't even give a shit. I would literally take two of them. Who cares? I want and I want some kind of really really like palatable advantage where the Jets are like the people look around the league and they're like the Jets have the best offensive line and how are we going to block their monstrous front seven? And you have a number two overall quarterback prospect who finds guys that you paid a number one receiver fourteen million and they took two an uh, early two a mid two on two other wide receivers and, and you have get a lot of money and- left too. A lot of money, Mike. This is we're talking. If you're listening right now, you're starting to get a little giddy because I have goosebumps. If they, the best, the best case scenario, and I don't give a fuck when the Jets draft. The best case scenario is the Jets win every possible game moving forward, and if they don't win every game forward, do a damn good job of playing competitive in all those games and have your young quarterback look good. Have AVT cre- keep grading out well. Have Elijah Moore and Denzel Mims get more active. Have well, the young quarters. This is great. This is great. That's- that's the thing. The the real argument, because people are always like, we're so anti-tanking, but especially, especially when you already have a quarterback and a young quarterback. And obviously the Jets drafted Zach Wilson second last year. So in this scenario, it is so important for the Jets to win football games and play well down the stretch because the guys that we just said, you don't want to re-dip back into these positions to draft again. Those guys have to pop so we can win games. So we don't have to draft more guys of the same position. Great point. It's just a cycle of nonsense. We have to have these guys develop and win football games and they have to build some kind of culture. It's very difficult to go. And we're seeing it right now. It's very difficult to go from two and 14 to a playoff team. You have to take another step most of the time, unless something drastically changes to bring in important veterans, et cetera. The jets, if they win six or seven games this year would be so valuable instead of going three and 14. Yep. And even then there are moments where if you go five and 12, you can look at, you go five and 12, you win four more games and three other losses. You were in that game. And it didn't go your way. Like that's the dolphins mark. And the dolphins obviously, obviously regressed now in 2021 a little bit, but we can be that team again. I, I really just like the way, even when they're losing Robert Salah is a ball of energy. I think he's a good coach. I disagree with not going on it on fourth and one. Um, There's another moment. I, I honestly, all the games are the same, but <laughs> I, I know. Pike, he hasn't done anything egregiously right. annoying at all. <laughs> like, and his energy is good, like you said. And his, like, they pan to him, like the Jets are down 17 nothing, and they zoom in on him, his face in the sideline. And I don't want to punch him in the face. I'm just like, let's go. We're going to come back. It'll be fine. We're in the right direction, et cetera, et cetera. It's not Adam Gates looking at his stupid sheet. Yeah, and I'm an optimist. I got a lot of hate, not a lot of hate, but I got some negative comments when I said I have a worst case scenario that I think of is if the Jets win four, three games this year, and then they start 0 and 4, 1 and 5 next year. I go at that point. That's disturbing. Yeah. It's very scary. And, and I will, 
and this is me being who I am. Maybe this is naive. I don't consider Robert Salah or Zach Wilson on any hot seat until maybe like not only end of next year, but like give me like a first quarter of that following season, right? They need time to get better. And of course, but obviously there's disaster territory and i.e. Josh Rosen and Steve Wilkes, right? When the Cardinals had that blow up, I don't think Salah and Wilson are even near that territory of one year. They were gone. I'm giving them more than two years to definitely figure this out. But that's thing, how a normal franchise. No, a hundred percent. Normal franchise. We cannot get into a cycle where it's where it's acceptable to keep rotating off of our young, cool coaches and quarterbacks after two years, and everyone starts rioting. Can't happen. And and I think the argument is they're fine, but mid next year is that's when the Joe Douglas. I'm not saying fire at all, and and we're it's a big hypothetical, but we need some evidence that we're moving in the right direction. I think there is evidence on a handful of players right now, but as a holistic team, they have to start winning games. So it's simple as that. They have to build a culture of winning at some point. Nobody wants Zach Wilson's quarterback record after one year to be four and 13. Like that's not fun for a franchise either. It just doesn't doesn't have to be, you know, like all the rookie growing pains, a lot enough. Let's reset after the bye week and let's get this guy straight and let's not, you know, the first quarter is, is where it's all going to begin. Yeah, and you can't you can't plan for your left tackle going out for a quarter of the year, maybe probably more. You can't account for your number one addresser going down, your number one safety being out, your linebackers, your starting linebacker being hurt. Like, there's things that happen, and they're unlucky. And the, when we go to a broadcast, all they do is talk about Atlanta's injuries. Nobody talks about what the Jets have faced, but we, the team is going to get healthy on the bye week. We're going to start playing more competitive football, and if we don't, there's a lot of more questions that need to be had. So we'll, we'll see when, when we get there. No, I'm excited. I, I feel good about the way the roster is progressing more than at any point over last year, for sure. 2019, there were some, like a lot of glimpses of hope. What do you think is going to happen with Marcus May? Are they going to trade him? I'm uh, I think I was going to tweet this out today when I was going to the bathroom, I was sitting in the toilet, but I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to phrase it. Marcus May is vastly different from the Jamal Adams situation. For I think sure. a lot of people are trying to kind of tie the two together. Marcus May is tweeting out an emoji here and there. And yeah, maybe his agent's listening to things that are him saying, but Jamal Adams actively himself on social media and off social media was vouching to leave. He said bad things about Jet fans that are just ridiculous. Marcus May is the type of guy who's like, look, I want to get paid. And I want to win. And right now the Jets aren't winning and the Jets aren't paying him. So he's a right... And the uh, legal situation is the problem. Again, if there that's was a legal I situation, I would love for Marcus May to stay. But I actually think Jamal Adams is much more of an asshole for what he did than Jamal than Marcus May like driving drunk, which is yeah. terrible. It's obviously way worse, but it's just the feeling. But the legal situation, he could be suspended because I don't think he told the team or the NFL, which is really bad. Um, yeah. So now he's injured. He has legal problems. His trade value isn't that high. So I don't see Mark. I don't see Marcus May. Um, being traded uh, unless a team gives up the capital that Joe Douglas thinks is, is necessary. But again, if you trade Chris Herndon for a four, like what is Joe Douglas value going to be for Marcus May? It's going to be tough because of these factors. Like it would have been interesting to see. I don't know. Like would the Jets get like a second round pick for him or something? I, I don't know if that's, and obviously they picked him in the second round would be interesting, but 
It's a shame. It seems like a lot of these guys that just have like that you just expect to be here for so long. It doesn't work out for reasons that aren't so football related or stuff out of their hands. And it's, you know, how many of these guys over the last couple of years, but it's going to probably be another one. And safety is going to be either way, probably safety is going to be a position that the Jets are going to need to address this offseason. Just Ashton Davis doesn't feel like a, like a starter. I, I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. He, he last yeah. night, why don't he did last night, Ashton Davis? He won a Call of Duty tournament. <laughs> like he tweeted out, you want a Call of Duty tournament? Dude, I don't, you could tell. Like I, I, he, he doesn't have a lot of, <laughs> I don't want to say he doesn't have a lot of passion. That's not right. Doesn't seem he doesn't like hard. Yeah. He doesn't seem like he's like so like enthralled. I don't know what, right, what the word is, but. You know, another guy who's been frustrating me is Ty Johnson, who I don't think looks so like I feel like his awareness is low on the field. Like at any time he's gonna get smashed and like lose the ball. Okay, I like that. You know, I feel, like I feel that take. Yeah, like his runs, like he doesn't uh, like Michael Carter. I feel like he's gonna get every inch out of every run. Ty Johnson, I feel like, is a little bit off right now. Like, he looked more explosive last year. But, you know, he only had four carries last week, and he did have a touchdown. So it's not like he's been horrific. He also had the fumble and the kick return. Um, I don't know, he's been kind of underwhelming. And then also, like, the middle linebackers, anyone in the middle of the field on defense, like Matt Ryan just picked the Jets apart last week. To let uh, to let Matt Ryan go 33 for 45 with 330 yards and three touchdowns without Ridley and Russell Gage is disgusting. Yeah, I don't know. It's horrible. You you couldn't let Cordell Patterson and Kyle Pitts beat you, and they beat you. They did. They did. But other than that, I'm I'm in a good headspace with the Jets. I think they're, you know, really like looking through the roster. There's a lot of guys that they found out of nowhere or drafted with later picks, or even these younger guys they took with higher picks that are just starting to develop into legitimate NFL players. That's how you build a roster. I like it. All right, we'll wrap it there. Again, Broadway Jets YouTube, the tier list is going live Wednesday night. You are hearing this on Thursday. Go ahead and subscribe. Get your friends to subscribe. If you have a Google account, two of them, subscribe on both. We want to get that thing going. Um, And again, thanks for listening. Mike, have a good one, buddy. Yeah, peace out. Thanks for listening, guys.